welcome back to another episode of the Hatchets Weekly News Podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It. I'm Alec Rich. So, last week, Grace Spates, chair of the Board of Trustees, dropped a major announcement. That, of course, being the decision that President LeBlanc will step down from his post as president at the end of this semester, which is months earlier than expected. He'll be replaced by a new interim president, Mark Wrighton, who served as chancellor of the University of Washington in St. Louis from 1995 to 2019. Wrighton will serve as interim president of GW for up to 18 months as the board searches for a long-term replacement. Spates cited both a busy presidential search market in light of the pandemic and GW's recent string of PR problems in the last number of years as reasons behind this decision, which will give Wrighton time to get, quote, our house in order for the next president, according to Spates. But this decision raises a number of important questions for GW, including what we can expect from Professor Wrighton in the months to come, how he'll place GW on an effective course, and how officials will conduct an inclusive search process for a new president. All of those questions will be asked of our guests in today's episode. That's why I'll first be speaking with Professor Holden Thorpe, who served as Provost and Executive Vice Chancellor for Academic Affairs at Washington University in St. Louis under Professor Wrighton from 2013 to 2019. Thorpe was also Chancellor of UNC Chapel Hill from 2008 to 2013 and is now the Editor-in-Chief of Science Magazine. All right, thanks so much for being here. Great to be here. Wonderful to talk to you. So I'd like to just start with your thoughts on this hire for GW and what the university can expect from Professor Wrighton as someone who worked directly with him for a number of years. Yeah, well, I think it's really a great move by GW to do two things here. One is take a breather before launching the president search to try to see what went wrong the last few years and figure out how to put it back together. And secondly, to bring Mark Wrighton, who is just an absolute pro at uh, shared governance and bringing campuses together and listening to people and getting them motivated to come start work in the precincts within the campus uh, with the faculty, staff, students, uh, and board to try to you know, give people a chance to contribute to the vision uh, for the future of the university, which he you know, has three decades of experience of doing. Right. And I was curious on that point. I mean, do you have any memories that stand out from your time working with Professor Wrighton that kind of demonstrate his leadership? Yeah. I mean, I was Mark's provost for six years and I enjoyed every second of all of it. And I think what is magic about Mark and his nickname is Magic Mark. He got that nickname from doing chemistry magic shows when he was a chemistry professor. But I think his magic as an administrator is he comes off as being this uh, distant, aloof, introverted guy who keeps his jacket buttoned and is very careful about what he says, but he's actually one of the warmest and most engaged people you'll ever meet. So when something goes good in your life or something goes wrong in your life, the first person you're going to hear from to either congratulate or console you is Mark Wrighton. I mean, he's just magical when it comes to learning people's birthdays and how many kids they have and the, their story so that he understands what drives people. I mean, that's his, that's his shtick. And, um, you know, there's really nobody better at it in, in higher education. And so if he does that at GW for, uh, six or nine months before you launch the search, it's going to be a very different place than it is now. Right. And in terms of, you know, how Professor Wrighton can kind of take, take this leap to GW, 
major knock on the current administration, GW, for some time has been a lack of transparency and uh, a lack of effective communication with stakeholders in the community from faculty to staff to the student body at large, particularly in the last two years. So how do you think Professor Wrighton can go about repairing that issue, especially when it comes to areas like shared governance and communication with the student body? Yeah, well, he knows it's one day, one person, one meeting at a time. It's not something that he's going to achieve by writing a magical email that has just the right words in it and sending it to the campus. And I mean, the guy shows up for everything. You know, I learned a lot because, you know, I was a president before I went to work for him. And I used to get pretty worn down showing up to everything. Uh, Mark Wrighton does not get worn down. He will show up at every single thing you invite him to. You know, when he's around that much, it just sets this tone that, that you know, that he's there. So some of it will be, you know, him saying the right things, asking the right questions. But a big part of it is just going to be him doing what he always does, which is showing up for everything. Uh, when he does that, that's going to send this message that there's an administration there that's listening. And he won't be able to solve every problem. I mean, some of these problems are, are really, really tough, um, but he will be really engaged. And, um, and I think he and, and Provost Bracey are going to be a great team. Uh, they're very complimentary in, in many respects. They respect each other a lot. I've talked to both of them, you know, so I'm super excited about uh, uh, being here in Foggy Bottom as an observer and watching all the things they're going to do the next two years. Mm -hmm. And so I'm assuming you'd say that Professor Wrighton's relationship with both the student body and faculty at WashU was, was great for you know, the long period that he was there? Oh, yeah. I mean, the students adored Mark. Of course, you know, the activists had things they differed with him about. And they did they did things that, that activists are supposed to do at universities and that drive uh, society forward. But Mark understands that's part of the process. And he understands the history of student activism. And so even though he may not always agree with the things that the student activists want him to do, he, he knows that engaging is part of the job and not something to, you know, a, a lot of college presidents when they're getting a hard time from the students or faculty somehow feel put upon. <laughs> Mark Wright knows that the, those conversations are part of how institutions move, move forward and that it's a bumpy, messy human endeavor. And so even when he doesn't agree with some of the things that the activists want, he's not gonna ignore them. And for a lot of the other students, you know, the ones who are in athletics or the ones who are in the performing arts or the ones who are in, uh, into all kinds of other things, you know, they're gonna see the chancellor show or the president showing up at their performances and their games and their events and their club meetings and, um, you know, feel very uh, supported and included by him. Right. I also want to ask, you know, how do you think Professor Wrighton can effectively leave his imprint on this university despite his tenure having kind of a dead, that 18 month deadline or less to it given how long it takes the board of trustees to find a permanent replacement? Oh, well, I mean, I think his imprint will be that, you know, GW is under a lot of strain right now that, uh, but in my opinion, you know, since I live basically on your campus and I've been in higher education my whole career, I think this place has so much potential. Uh, it's a perfect location. You know, you got this amazing reputation in uh, public policy and the law school and 
you know, you're blocked from the State Department. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's an extraordinary uh, place that hasn't realized its full potential. You know, hit hit the sandbar here. Mark Wrighton's going to get the ship off the sandbar, get it going again, and um, I'm certain that you'll attract a really terrific president, and the ground will be prepared for lots of people of lots of different identities and backgrounds and outlooks to really, really want to come lead GW, and Mark Wrighton will do a lot of the groundwork that needs to be done to make that happen, and that'll be his imprint. So, you know, he, if you get a great president and people feel good 18 months from now, um, that'll be a great accomplishment for him. And it'll, that's the kind of thing he really cares about. Hey, Professor Thorpe, thanks so much. Great talking to you. Next up, I spoke with higher education expert Lynn Pascarella, president of the Association of American Colleges and Universities, to gain some broader insight into this decision by GW. All right, Dr. Pascarella, thanks so much for being here. My pleasure. So what do you think about this decision by GW to go with a new interim president as the board trustees searches for a long-term replacement and as someone who was a college president and administrator for a number of years, is this an unusual step for a university to take? Yeah, it's very common for boards to appoint an interim college or university president in times of leadership transition while they're searching for a permanent leader. In fact, there's a company called the registry that places individuals into interim leadership positions in higher education. And in recent years, there's been a growing number of colleges and universities that have appointed interim or acting presidents to lead for two or more years, mirroring a trend in the corporate world to, in favor of interim executives. And there are certainly advantages to this approach. Interim presidents can promote institutional continuity and sustain momentum uh, during the, the process. Yes, that's kind of where I was going with this, because in, in making this announcement, Grace Spates, who's the chair of GW's board of trustees, said that officials were concerned about finding a talented long-term candidate for president because of the large number of presidential searches that are ongoing at universities nationwide. And she also said that she doubts GW will find a suitable candidate by next summer or fall. So do you think that's a reasonable assessment of the landscape as it stands today? I do. Good searches demonstrating transparency, shared governance, a genuine commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion take time. Uh, search firms need to interview a variety of constituencies in working with the board to understand the institutional landscape, identify future needs, and craft a position description. The past year and a half have been particularly challenging for college and university leaders at all types of institutions across the country, uh, prompting many leaders to leave, some of their own volition, others have been forced out. The search for top leaders is competitive and the institution needs to position itself in a way that enables it to tell the most compelling story possible about its mission and purposes, strengths and opportunities. So I'm confident that there will be no lack of interest in this position. It's such a, such a fine institution. Right, so you don't think that GW's recent history of PR problems in the last number of years will cause any trouble in terms of trying to recruit potential candidates? I, it's difficult to imagine a, an institution that hasn't had some PR problem <laughs> over the past few years. It, it's just the nature of the, the position these days that we are at a particular moment of, you know, not only with the COVID-19 crisis, this moment of racial reckoning, financial crisis, but a time when grievances against campus leaders are often brought to social media before they ever reach the president's desk. And so this is not unusual. 
You mentioned continuity before from a new president. So in what we've heard from officials, it seems as if this new president's top priority as soon as he takes over will be to try to make GW a more attractive destination for nationwide administrators while the board conducts its search for a permanent replacement. So how do you think the interim president can kind of toe the line of meeting that expectation while also attempting to leave his own mark on the university? Interim presidents are charged with trying to provide stability while setting agendas and, and paving the way for growth. They have to be cheerleaders, champions of, of the institutional mission. One of these destabilizing factors in leadership transitions is that initiatives that have been started are disrupted. And interim leadership can help to ensure that the institution isn't starting all over again with respect to long-term goals involving student success, faculty development, and diversity. Specifically to issues like improving communication and shared governance, which has been a problem under this previous administration. How do you think a new president can go about navigating that, especially when those lines have kind of been damaged to this point and now he'll be picking up from there and trying to build anew in a sense? Uh, Any leader stepping into the presidency, particularly in in interim roles, has to first and foremost listen critically and with understanding to the viewpoints of, of everyone on, on campus and, and those who are off campus that are being represented by the institution. Uh, and, and so that is the first step and then being as transparent as possible with respect to how decisions are being made, the, the reasons why they're being made so that people understand even if they disagree with the decision that their voices have been heard and in fact centered in the, in the process of decision-making. So transparency, collaboration, cooperation, collegiality are paramount in, in these roles. And on that point, especially a significant knock on the presidential search process last time at GW was that it wasn't inclusive enough and left many on campus feeling that they hadn't had proper say. So along with the incoming interim president, you know, creating or fostering an inclusive environment, what do you think administrators can do this time around to amend the search process for a permanent president and making that process more inclusive too. It's critical to ensure broad representation on the selection committee, hold town hall meetings, forums designed to listen to what different groups are seeking in a new leader and to reach out to alumni and other groups for input using technology, um, whatever means we have available to us to, to ensure that all voices are heard. Dr. Pasquale, thanks so much. My pleasure, good to see you. Thank you to both of our guests today. Getting to the Bottom of It is hosted by Alec Rich and is produced by Sarah Sachs.